Kitchen Rudimental, a series in which chef and author Annie Smithers investigates the very basics of kitchen craft. Any duck eggs? No duck eggs. We quite like them for ducks. Yes. Because they climb up the... These are Annie's new little coops. They are? Oh, are we on the radio? Yes. Oh, these are my little movable tractors. So we're test driving them for breeding season so that we can have... Yeah, the right drakes with the right ducks and the right roosters with the right hens. All for diversity, but not in the poultry. All for diversity, but we also have to have pure lines. We want to find a duck egg, though. I want to find a duck egg because... (laughs) Last week we talked about... um, Asparagus. Asparagus. And I thought it would be lovely to continue on with that theme and talk about other spring vegetables like broad beans and peas and asparagus tips. Yes. And we did mention the lovely family of spring herbs last week of chervil. Last fortnight, in fact. Parsley. Well, the last time. (laughs) Chervil and parsley and tarragon, all when they're that beautiful, fresh, new, bright greenness. And I thought we could make some duck egg pasta and talk about making pasta and then tossing it with a plethora of spring greens and herbs. First catch your egg. First catch your egg. So. Ladies. Everybody is. uh, So there doesn't appear to be anything in the white runner house. Let me have a look in the cold house. So who, who have we got here? These are the white call ducks. So these are a bantam duck. One of them sitting They're quite down. Tiny, aren't they? They're lovely. <laughs> are you sitting on the head? No, you're just sitting on the head. Well, that's no good. <laughs> it's a bit, bit cold for eggs, probably. <laughs> probably the turn in the weather. I do have some in my kitchen. Oh. And these are the black runners. And the most, they have, they, they, they have a lodging. They are a beautiful duck. With a very, very large rooster. Can you see the size of that? He's, he's very substantial. He's enormous. Oh, look. Right over the back. Here we are. Here's a duck egg. Oh, it's a beauty. Yeah, that's just a nice white duck egg. So, what we'll do... Is we'll head, this is just one. We'll head back. Or is Martha laying one as well? She looks like she might be laying. Come on, Martha. You can do it. Come on, squeeze it out, Martha. No, no. Right. Who are the little shaggy ones up on top there? The little shaggy ones? Oh, they're just dirty. Oh. Because <laughs> there's been so much rain. <laughs> so one of the things that I find... Duck eggs are wonderful for pasta because they're so strong. Yep. So they make a a pasta that is a little, depending on how many duck eggs you use, if I'm making, using 500 grams of flour, for which I use double O flour, I would use one duck egg and four of my eggs. Okay. So I don't do the whole thing with duck eggs. They're because very that's rich. A bit, bit overwhelming. It is a bit overwhelming for me. So 
I use one to, so I use five eggs for the mix. And it really is the flour and the eggs and a good pinch of salt and that's it. So this is the egg department, Jonathan. There's a number of incubators. With a, with a duty cat lying on one of them. Blue eggs. There's the cat. Good spot Sitting for a cat. Here's more eggs in the incubator. Oh gosh. Chickens and ducks. You're going to make lots of little babies. Don't count them. Oh, sorry. That <laughs> <laughs> always goes goose eggs. Well, look at that. They're big, aren't they? They are very big. Oh, they're huge. Yeah. Like a elongated cricket ball. But out of those, out of those goose eggs comes. Oh, little tiny gooses. Look at you. That's beautiful. That's little a ball little of goose. fur. How old is that one? Uh, she is just under a week old. Oh, wow. And they grow like topsy. <laughs> so here's our, here's our egg department. All right. So we'll select some more uh, duck eggs. These are all uh, the black Indian runner eggs. That's a white runner egg. And then we have... Uh, Lots of no, lots sh no of shortage of eggs. It would be fair to no say. No shortage of eggs. It's fair to say. And here's the chicken crash. Hello, little people. How old are they? Well, they're a while old. Okay. And then there's some smaller varieties tiny under ones there. Under this. <laughs> <laughs> it's spring. Chicken, chicken daycare. It's spring. So eggs. Oh, there's more eggs. Well, these are my cooking eggs as opposed to my fertile eggs yep. that I keep for um, setting to make purebred chickens out of. So, with the pasta, I select my double O flour, which is nice and fine. Yep. And I'm a bit naughty and I use the food processor for it. So I put my flour and my pinch of salt in the food processor. I whisk up my eggs nice and gently, just with a, with a fork. And I pour those into the food processor and I make a very firm dough. Now, there's lots of schools of thought about, about how strong or wet or dry your pasta dough should be. Yeah. I live in the middle. I don't want it to be so hard that it breaks my heart rolling it or breaks my pasta machine rolling it. Because <laughs> yes. I've been known More to, to the do point. that. Yep. Um, and you don't want it so wet that it sticks. I find that sort of when I have my eggs, I try and have, because I'm putting a duck egg in there, which is larger than a normal chicken egg, yeah. is I select the smaller eggs. So, so one duck egg. And four smaller eggs. So not the great grams. big, mm -hmm. not the great big ones. Oh, that's the cat. Oh, the Labrador's coming. Of course. Of course the Labrador's coming. In supervisory capacity. So, let me get my pasta out for you. I've kept this in the fridge, wrapped in the drink plastic for 
I'll lick a while. Yep. So it's it's to help it relax and absorb the moisture of the eggs so that you're not sort of working it as soon as you've made it. I've patted it into this nice So how long, how long to rest? Oh look, I'll often do mine overnight. Yep. But you can, yeah, you know, half an hour, an hour if you really push for time. But I like to make the dough the day before and then roll it the next day. So... I have it in a flat thing so that I can roll it out with my rolling pin a little bit so I can put it through my machine. Now, do you do, do you make pasta? Uh, very rarely, I should, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's a shame to confess that because it's such a beautiful thing. It's a, it's a beautiful process to go through, but it's also a very lovely thing to do with children. Hmm. Because it's a very interactive, it's it's grown-up Play-Doh things. Yeah. So yeah. I think that it's that has that that you know that helping and yeah, it's it's that thing of um, you know making tortellini or something like that where yeah, it's the sort of thing that a whole family has to do to be able to fold all those little things to make it worthwhile. <sighs> What I do, which I've discovered from talking to our lovely customers when I make pasta, and they say, why is the texture different? Mm -hmm. And one of that is, I think, the strength of the duck eggs. But the other thing is, is that with your pasta machine and your rolling things, is you've got one to eight, the yeah. graduations all the way through. So I roll it out so that I can put it through number one. So I roll it with a rolling pin so I don't force it too much. Then I fold it back on itself and I roll it again through number one. And then I fold it back and I roll it through at 90 degrees. So you're working some air in there? No, no. air. It's not the air that you're working in. It's a strength thing. Mm -hmm. So the more you can press it into each other and roll it through that one. So I would do... I would put it through number one four or five times, force yeah, you know, rolling it back on, doubling it up so that it's really working it into each there other. There must be strands of something within the the chemistry of yeah. it being laid on top of each yeah. other, which, which is getting stronger and stronger. And then once it is, once it's got through that that yeah you know, that four or five or six times through number one, then I whack it through number three, whack it through number five, whack it through number seven. Um, and then I decide with what I'm using it for, whether I go into right. eight or not. So one of my favourite and least fussy ways of dealing with it then is to cut it into pappadelli, which is the hand-cut mm. things. From many years of cooking it in the restaurant, I have learnt <laughs> that it is always better to cut it shorter rather than longer because when you are plating it up, the longer it is, the more chance you have of making a terrible mess when you're plating it up. So by short or long, what do you mean? So if I've got a width of, what's that, about six inches? Yeah. Whatever the pasta machine width is, if I'm making pappadelli, I would cut crossways mm. rather than cutting a two-foot piece yeah. and going lengthways. And to be honest, from the eating point of view too... It's, it's a much... <laughs> it's a much <laughs> more desirable thing to not splatter yourself with and the pasta deli too i mean it's such a wonderful thing to do easy easy then to hang around and whatever you're going to do with it after you cut it it's simple it's, to sort of it's handle simple. Mm. i have a broom handle in the kitchen or a long or a long stick that i use that i prop up it's a stick that does both jelly bag duty and pasta duty 
So I sort of drape it over that. How long hang draped on your stick? Oh, I'll make mine before service and then use it that day. Yeah. So because it's a fresh egg pasta, I don't like it to sort of hang around too much. If you refrigerate it, it does can get, have fresh eggs in yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> if it if it if it is refrigerated, it can get soggy. If you dry it out, sort of, yeah, I'm sure it's fine. But yeah, I just make it daily and use it. So then I'll have a big pot of water on the stove and it takes a couple of minutes to cook. At, uh, once it's nearly just cooked, I will throw in my handful of tips of asparagus and the, you know, the stalks you know, cut on the bias, a handful of double-shelled broad beans, some fresh peas, Give that another couple of minutes, you know, so the pasta's cooked. And, and then the, drain that all out together. Drain that all out mm. together. And then in a pan, I will have some olive oil, some beautiful extra virgin olive oil, just warming. So if you heat it up too hot, you'll lose the flavour. So warm it. Maybe with a bit of, you know, maybe we could use a bit of our green garlic in there. So we have a beautiful soft garlicky thing. Toss the pasta through, or even a lemon olive oil, lemon infused mm. olive oil is beautiful with spring vegetables. Toss the pasta and those those blanched vegetables through the olive oil. Sprinkle sprinkle some uh, sea salt on it or some salt flakes, and that really lovely, generous mm. handful of spring herbs. What a beautiful technique! It's just it's incredibly yeah. simple, mm. and it's it it makes. It's a simple thing, but when you have beautiful, fresh, first of the season's vegetables and herbs, and there's nothing like the first pick, it is those first ones that sing to you in a way that they never do, you know, once you've picked you know, your, your things for three or four weeks. <laughs> They're not the same. It's those first beautiful shoots. So while it's a simple thing, the sum of its parts is just absolutely glorious. Mm. Exquisite. There you go. A, a recipe on the website, I recipe think. Recipe on the website. For, for the pasta and the beautiful vegetables yeah. to be boiled up with it. Yeah. Delightful, Andy. Thank you. That's my pleasure. It's easier than ever to hear your favourite local and national ABC radio stations live and on demand on the ABC Listen app.